my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and you can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discovery.com slash credit card. One of my favorite conversations I've ever had on There Are No Girls on the Internet is with a writer who was targeted and harassed online about how she continues to stay safe while doing visible work on the internet. Without missing a beat, she said, anybody worried about online harassment should sign up for Delete Me. I signed up for Delete Me right then and there, and I personally recommend it to anyone. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeletemecom slash nogirls and enter code nogirls at checkout. That's joindeletemecom slash nogirls, code nogirls. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. People have accused me of being paid by Bill Gates. And I'm always like, if Bill, if, if, Rich ass Bill Gates is cutting me checks, and why is my apartment so crappy? Right, like yeah. if, 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 he's, if his checks are not clearing, they got lost in the mail. If they, if if he's meant to be sending them, they have not reached me. <laughs> they haven't reached me either. <laughs> I would not be living here if I was being paid by Bill Gates and the government and the World Economic Forum. There are no girls on the internet. Is a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is There Are No Girls on the Internet. The invasion of Ukraine by Russia is a scary, tense, highly charged situation. And as we know, with scary, tense, highly charged situations, also comes a flood of misleading, inaccurate, or straight-up fabricated content being shared across social media. Now on TikTok, I've seen videos taken from films or video games, pretending that that footage is actually from Ukraine. I've seen old videos from other conflicts purporting to be from Ukraine, and even worse, because of TikTok's live stream feature where users can collect donations from viewers in real time. Some grifters are even using these fake videos to lie about streaming live from Ukraine to make money. Marie Cowpers is a social media expert who told me that one of the reasons that TikTok is so ripe for disinformation is because of the speed by which users are surfaced questionable content on their For You page. Maria has been tracking inaccurate and misleading Ukraine videos on TikTok, but it didn't start there. For Marie, it started when she started noticing false information about things like diets and health. It really started when I saw a lot of different videos popping up with really weird information. And it, it, it didn't start with, you know, the amount of disinformation that's happening now, but it was just small things like... Uh, um, how diet soda is going to give you cancer. Uh, lots of stuff about health, uh, scary stories also that were you know, scaring children and that weren't true. But 
I didn't see a lot of these videos pop up on my own For You page. I just uh, saw one every once in a while. So I decided to make another account uh, to see what was happening because I was really curious. Is there more more to this? Because you know I'm, I'm seeing some really weird stories going around. So I created a different account to my own where I started just liking conspiracy theories, uh, really dodgy info and everything I normally wouldn't like. And the algorithm just started serving me a whole bunch of uh, questionable videos um, that I was just really, really shocked to see and that in my language, in Dutch, nobody else was talking about or debunking or fact-checking. So that's why I started, because I saw that people were getting uh, affected by this information and nobody was talking about it. Uh, so, well, I'll do it then. So often when I have these conversations, there has been some failure by some platform to, to do something, right? So for you, it was disinformation in Dutch on TikTok. Um, and, you know, uh, uh, just a regular person, usually a woman uh, or a person of color or somebody who is already marginalized, just said, okay, no one is doing this. I'll do it. I'll, I'll take, I'll do the work of making this platform safer or at least chronicling what is going on. Did you, did you feel compelled in that way to sort of take on this fight? It's, it feels almost like a, a moral obligation for me because I see the effects it's having on people. And I also see that, uh, it's not just misinformation about health, which has really bad consequences, obviously, but also, um, these same algorithms are pushing uh, this alternative account that I have into really far right uh, TikTok, uh, really extreme videos uh, that I was also reporting and they were not getting uh, taken down. So, which is also really strange to me. Uh, just, just, it's just shocking to me how huge these videos are. And it, it seemed like nobody was seeing it or responding it to it. And then, yeah, it, it it feels like a moral ob obligation because it's the consequences of misinformation are just not just people believing stuff that isn't true, but it it leads to uh, biases or you know blaming other people sometimes when it's misinformation about uh, vaccines that you know uh, goes into conspiracy theories about the Great Reset and uh, this global cabal, which is usually Jewish Jewish people. Uh, that's also something that I've seen a lot since I've, you know, looked into conspiracy theories. When the invasion of Ukraine happened, I, how can I put this? It was a pretty terrifying moment. Like it definitely was a moment of crisis. And I know that in moments of crisis, I definitely feel this. And I think a lot of other people feel this. You feel sort of powerless. And so you're like, what can I do? I'll share information. And I caught myself going to share a lot of very moving videos, a lot of very uh, visually arresting videos. And then I think I saw a tweet. It was, I think, I think it might've been from Abby Richards that was like, in this moment, take a beat, take a breath before you share things. And then I saw your account, all of these videos purporting to be from Ukraine that were either very misleading or just completely inaccurate, like not Ukraine. What kind of disinformation and, and, and misleading stuff are you seeing in relation to the invasion of Ukraine? Uh, so a, co a couple of different types of misinformation and disinformation. I've been seeing a lot, a lot of old videos. So I think that's something that happens uh, more often in these uh, crisis situations. It's a lot of old footage of explosions uh, that happened. Like I saw a video that was an explosion and uh, it had 10 million views. Uh, but this was not an explosion in Ukraine. It was in Lebanon a year ago. Uh, so. It's real footage, but it's not in Ukraine. Um, and because people are so interested in seeing more and, and so invested, uh, anything that even remotely seems like it could be in Ukraine or is like related to war or shooting or explosions, it just goes wild on TikTok. It has, yeah, it just goes insanely viral. Um, so older videos have been circulating of uh, conflicts and explosions. Also, I've been seeing. Uh, video game footage because <laughs> video games are so realistic now that uh, there's been footage of Arma 3, the video game that's been shared. Uh, sometimes it's a little zoomed in or 
they've made it a little darker so it's less easy to recognize but that's uh, and and people just don't see that it's a video game unless you know the game uh animations i've seen being shared uh, there's an animation of someone on instagram who made a, a world war ii animation uh, so if you know your airplanes you can see that the airplanes that are in the animation are not you know modern airplanes they're b12 airplanes i think from the second world war uh so those are the things i've been seeing and um yeah m mostly those kind of videos are circulating on, on on tiktok it's just like old footage misleading stuff yeah i i, I mean i the fact so i've seen a couple of video game images or or videos and i i didn't know about the animations but do you think there is something to the fact that we have a hunger for i i use this in quotes content about the about invasions and about you know high high crisis situations that are kind of cinematic and so there's some, maybe there's like the idea that we would be being fooled by video games and, and and animations and stills from films and things like that i almost feel like it's this it speaks to this need in us or this conditioning in us that we expect the footage from these things to have a storyline and have good anime, like good graphics and to be so visually arresting. And maybe that's why people are, are able to be like, oh, well, this is definitely from a from an, a conflict in Ukraine. Yeah, well, this is something I've really noticed as well. So uh, I actually studied film and photography. Uh, I, have a, I have a master's degree in, in film and photography. And this is something I've also seen in conspiracy theories in general, like QAnon, where um, they're basically talking about the conspiracy theory as if it's a movie, as if it's a, a big plot and there's actors and, you know, it, 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 there's a conclusion and uh, just like narrative, movie movie narratives, basically. And the same goes for visual disinformation. It's It works the best when it's a story. Uh, so if it's emotional and there's a, a good guy and a bad guy and you can root for the good guy. Um, I, I recognize what you're saying. Yeah. It's definitely true in audio. There was one time I think I switched on an Alex Jones radio show. And I kid you not, he was screaming into the microphone. So just like poor microphone etiquette about how because of COVID and the vaccines, Bill Gates was going to make us all eat bugs. And he was screaming about it. And I was thinking, yeah, someone just talking in a, in a regular voice about the dangers of conspiracy theories or like the realities of the COVID vaccine, like accurate information, they could never compete attention wise. Like you really have to, you would really have to work to compete with someone who is being that dramatic because that there's something about your brain that is like oh well this is really sensational let me tune into this let me give this my attention and we really have a a, a big fight if we're going to make content that is equally as compelling but also based in accuracy and truth and nuance and thoughtfulness that's definitely a struggle that i've been having as well because uh, i think sometimes what works about my videos is that i try and really make it a TikTok, like really make it presented in a way that's not just a, a, a newsreader reading something without any emotion and and just uh, you know here are the facts because uh, that just doesn't work. It doesn't get the same amount of views, like you said. So I do try and uh, you know grab the attention because you have to grab the attention on TikTok because if you don't you know have someone's attention in the first five seconds, they're already gone. Uh, so you need to kind of sensationalize yourself to get people to watch the video, but then you also want to be uh, correct. And you don't want to um, maybe spread a conspiracy theory even further by uh, beginning with a whole story about QAnon and then after a minute you you start debunking it because then people are already gone. Um, so it's, a, it's something that I've been struggling with, but I... It, it's something that I think traditional media can do more uh, to to improve their content and make it more appealing. And also uh, not just, you know, uh, sometimes traditional media are kind of, uh, I, I don't want to say elitist or like a little bit like uh, this is just, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, we're journalists and uh, 
the facts are the facts and uh, you know but that's not how it works in real life because uh, teenagers who are on TikTok are not going to go to some website with dry facts if they can just watch people on TikTok uh, make really exciting videos about it. I think it really boils down to lack of trust in media as as a as an institution. And I think part of that is exactly what you said, is that when you only are able to present information in ways that feel really alienating to, to a lot of your audience base, of course they're going to check out. And it, when you have such a, when you have a vast, a, a very vast network of people offering something else, speaking to this audience in a, in a way that they, that, that they find compelling, of course they're going to turn toward that and away from these traditional institutions of media. So I completely agree with you. I think that, you know, it's understandable to me why so many people are getting their information from, from questionable sources. And then it fuels this already kind of like lingering distrust they have in the institution of journalism or media. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I I worked for uh, the Dutch National News for a couple of years as a social media manager and a, a journalist. So I've been in the traditional <laughs> uh, media companies. Um, and there's really kind of, um, yeah, they, they're, they're trying, I guess. But what I noticed really is what you just said, is that young people are so um, distrusting and also because it's not transparent they want to know why you're making certain news stories and not other news stories and why you're using certain words so it's not like they're not interested they're very interested and they want to know why the news is being made the way it is um but we don't trust them enough uh, i guess to explain it to them sometimes we we just it seems kind of condescending to me sometimes the way that fact checks uh, can be done in traditional media where it's almost like uh, if you believe this, you're kind of stupid. Uh, is the way it it it, it comes yeah it comes across to me sometimes, and I I understand that if you see something like that and you're already distrustful and you feel so condescended to, and then also the person telling you this is totally unrelatable. Uh, yeah, I I understand why you wouldn't believe it. Let's take a quick break. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and you can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discovery.com slash credit card. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. 
OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing. And of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic. And we're back. We have found that fact-checking and debunking is actually, particularly in news, is actually not that effective at curbing the spread of false information. And yet we still rely on it, even though we know it's not terribly effective. And I also think it, it can be kind of condescending, like, if you believe this, you're some kind of a moron. And it, it obscures the reality that people, like I fall for misinformation. It happens to the best of us. Some of it is so savvy and, and hits the exact right tension points that you already have because misinformers and disinformers are really good at it. And so if we if we tell people that, oh, you're an idiot for falling for this, of course they're going to be be that's not going to be compelling to them, you know? And I also think what you said about me, like traditional media not always feeling like they need to let particularly younger people in on the business of how stories get made, the business of content. Um, I absolutely think that it is a thing where I think a lot of these institutions don't feel like they need to be accountable to young people. They, they just don't feel like any of their listenership or audience really deserves to know how stories get made and, and how these decisions get made and, and how the story that you see on your on your you know social media feed comes to be. I don't think that they feel like their audience deserves a peek into that. And I think that you're exactly right that people are curious. And I think if we were able to have some more transparency around those kinds of conversations, it might do some of the work of building back that public trust in media as an institution. Yeah, yeah. It's there could be a lot more transparency about the way uh, journalists work and why they do things and why they use certain words or uh, why they make certain stories or don't make them. Uh, I think I think that would help a lot. But what you said, it's like uh, they don't think young people deserve it or even, you know, like they feel that they wouldn't understand it. So like they're young people. It's kind of they don't they're not taken seriously. Um, which is really bad because when they're young, you can actually teach them stuff, uh, which is going to get a lot more difficult when they're older and they're all set in everything they believe. And when they're young, you can like uh, let let them see how the news is made, so that later on they understand uh, how it works and they're they're more trusting. But it, it's even even when I'm making a TikTok video, like uh, a traditional news organization could do the same thing. But then there would be a whole team uh, behind the news video that you don't see. And it's just being presented by someone uh, in the video. Uh, and you don't know who wrote the script, who, who you know, edited it. Uh, it's just uh, makes it kind of easier to trust someone who's just one person, which is what works with disinformation as well, with like people like Alex Jones or other people who are uh, you know, showing their personality as well. So you feel like you, you, they're a real person who has emotions, who is not like completely neutral in everything and has no, uh, yeah, emotions about any news. I think it works better when you, uh, there's obviously like <laughs> negative aspects of it, but just being one person in front of the camera instead of having an entire team also increases trust, I think. People like to get their information from their trusted source, right? Like, oh, this person who is my friend in my head, you know, in the whole conversation we were having about Joe Rogan, that was one of the things I feel like people really, I wish we had a bigger conversation about, which is that people have been listening to Joe Rogan in their earbuds for years and years and years. He is their trusted source and friend in their head. They, in their mind, I mean, we all do it, right? Like my favorite podcast host, I definitely have a like parasocial relationship with them in my mind that they have no idea about. And that is a big part of building trust. And so it's not, it's not always going to be like, yeah, it's not going to be this like newsreader who is coming at something 
in a, in a specific unbiased way who is going to be able to foster that kind of trust. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, uh, relatability or someone who looks like you or is your same age, uh, who maybe understands your point of view. Uh, if, if that person is saying it, uh, I would trust it more than just, you know, someone who feels totally far removed from me some you know uh <laughs> random white guy who's uh, <laughs> presenting the news who's like 50 years old and telling me that you know something i believe is wrong okay but you don't know anything from about my experience one of the videos that you shared from tiktok really caught my eye it was a video that was meant to be sort of poking fun at american liberals and it was like uh you're like point of view when you're an American liberal who is anti-war for everything except for uh, when it comes to Russia. And, yeah. you know, are, are you seeing videos that are targeted, targeted at Americans or meant to sort of prompt Americans or people who are, you know, not in Ukraine or not in Russia to have a certain point of view about this invasion? Yeah. Um, like the most of what I've seen, uh, I think there's a, definitely a, the pro-Ukrainian content that's being shared is uh, in the majority. But the couple of like pro-Russian accounts that I've seen or pro-Putin uh, accounts that I've seen, they also are usually anti-Biden and anti, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of on the right wing American side in the other content that they post. Uh, so it does seem... Like those accounts are really trying to uh, reach Americans and like uh, get some distrust in the government also growing, which is something I've seen also with QAnon accounts on TikTok that are like, yeah, also very anti-Biden. There's like, I think there's a huge anti-Biden hashtag that's uh, TikTok still hasn't banned yet, but all the people on, on TikTok are using it to spread conspiracy theories and QAnon stuff. And I don't want to repeat it in case people go, go looking for it, but it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like a, like a joke making fun of Biden. But when you search the hashtag, there's only, there's only conspiracy theories and misinformation. That's so interesting. And I think it goes back to something we see time and time again is that one of the reasons why all of these conspiracy theories are kind of linked, like you might be thinking, what does QAnon, a conspiracy theory where people believe that, you know, children are being, you know, trafficked by you know, nefarious Democrats or whatever, and anti-vaccine stuff, like what do they all have in common? And I think it's all, it all goes back to chipping away at public trust in institutions. And so whether it's our president, Biden, or whether it's the doctor giving you a vaccine or Dr. Fauci on TV or, you know, the lawmaker who you suspect might be trafficking kids or something like it is all about chipping away at public trust in institutions. And luckily for these people who want to do that, there are a lot of reasons for people to not be so, you know, rah-rah about trusting their public institutions. And so it really goes back to this idea of bad actors poking at existing tension points, existing traumas, existing, you know, realities to say like, yes, and that's why it's important to distrust these people. And I'm, I'm someone who is like, I think a healthy skepticism is good, but the way that they're able to really take a, a basic thing, like, oh yeah, it's good to question authority, it's good to question government, and turn up the dials so in, in such a wild way, I think just shows how savvy disinformers really are. Yeah. And, and, and why it works so well and why nobody is immune to it, because, you know, there are things that are uh, there are bad things happening. There are institutions that are uh, that you can really criticize, but the they take advantage of that. And I think we see a lot of disinformers using actual criticisms and tensions and things that are maybe grounded in reality um, for people. And they really turn up the dials into something that where it goes into sort of dangerous territory. More after a quick break. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. 
We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and you can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discovery.com slash credit card. Dad deserves something really nice for Father's Day. But let's face it, we usually don't do it. Big gifts are for Mother's Day. Picking something up on the way is for Father's Day. Well, let's make Father's Day something this year with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. It whips up over 60 premium cocktails on demand, each ready at the push of a button. And right now, you get $50 off the Bartesian Cocktail Maker when you buy one pack of Dad's favorite cocktail capsules. Dad will publicly love that you saved 50 on the countertop machine that crafts premium cocktails on demand. And he'll secretly love that you splurged on him for Father's Day with the gift of a Bartesian. Because the only thing that lets Dad know he's the world's number one dad better than a world's number one dad coffee mug is an artisan cocktail in his hand. Make dad's Father's Day and Father's Day cocktails with all natural juices and bitters without making any mess at all. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get $50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian. Premium cocktails on demand. Have you made the switch to Nick's? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. Let's get right back into it. One of the biggest threats that disinformation poses is that it makes it really difficult to have thoughtful, accurate conversations, especially about topics that are highly charged. It just takes up a lot of oxygen in the room. And it is meant to cause confusion, increase polarization, and distrust. And because disinformation is often rooted in some kernel of truth or legitimate tension or grievance, if that tension is intentionally exploited or inflamed, you can't even actually have a real conversation about the legitimate issues because the conversation has become so muddled and extreme. Marie saw this play out firsthand in conversations about the World Economic Forum, the international organization founded by economist Klaus Schwab, that's known for bringing together some of the world's most powerful and richest people for the Davos Summit in Switzerland. In the summer of 2020, the head of Davos announced a new initiative calling for the pandemic to be seen as an opportunity for what they were calling the Great Reset. Now, this was meant to be a reset of the global economy in pretty broad terms, encompassing everything from reliance on fossil fuels to tech regulation. But conspiracy theorists pounced, claiming the Great Reset was actually a ploy for wealthy global elites, which we know is pretty much code for Jewish people, to use COVID as an excuse to seize power and institute a new world order. So even though Marie has real issues with the World Economic Forum, the entire conversation around it has been so steeped in conspiracy that her actual criticisms can't even be thoughtfully discussed because the conspiracy theories loom so large. I think that's really important because uh, I can really see that as well. There's this great reset conspiracy theory about, you know, the World Economic Forum uh, and its uh, you know, leader, Klaus Schwab, and how much influence they have on the pandemic and, you know, how maybe they are using the pandemic to gain control of the world and get a, a one world government formed, um, get like social credit systems in place, uh, all these types of things. It's, it's kind of a, you know, a modern version of the New World Order conspiracy theory, which is also something that's uh, kind of old. Um, but I was looking into this, and because of all these conspiracy theories, I had already kind of um, dismissed everything, all the criticism of 
the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset and all, all that stuff because I was like, well, these stories are so crazy. Uh, I was almost defending the World Economic Forum. But then when I look into it, like obviously the big conspiracy theories about them being yeah, the Great Reset and this uh, plan to use the pandemic and all these things are not true. But there are some things about the World Economic Forum and having more power in the world and uh, wanting to give companies more power than, you know, like these uh, stakeholders, giving them more power, uh, which you can be very critical of if you want to have a democracy and you don't want companies to, you know, <laughs> have like a really huge part in in that democracy and, and how decisions are made. So there's it's almost dangerous also because there's real criticism that's getting dismissed because of these conspiracy theories. Oh my gosh. I mean, I find myself defending people and institutions where I'm like, I don't even like them that much, but like, no. you know, I'm like defending yeah. them. And I think that's the problem with like, that's what's at stake when it comes to conspiracy theories and disinformation and extremism is that they keep us from having actual conversations. Like, I can't come to the table and bring legitimate grievances or legitimate conversations I want to have about institutions to the conversation, particularly online, because the conversation is just a wash in conspiracy theories, bad faith takes, disinformation. And so we're not able to have a conversation about some of the grievances and some of the legitimate criticisms because the conversation is just a wash in conspiracies. And so you could, if, if you wanted to just have a thoughtful, nuanced conversation, you, there's no place for you to do that online. What you just said about, you know, defending people that you don't <laughs> don't even really like. I, I have the same thing because uh, there's politicians in the Netherlands that I really don't like at all. Uh, but, you know, they were uh, getting uh, uh, videos made about them that are completely untrue. So I debunk those videos, but then people are like, oh, you must be getting paid by this politician or you must love him or, you know, sexist stuff about, you know, being his girlfriend or, you know, all those types of things. Uh, when I I would want to say to them, I really don't like this politician, actually. I really don't like them. But people think that just because you're debunking stuff. That's also the danger. It's It's created these camps between people where you're either... Uh, awake and you know about all the conspiracy theories or you're not and all the other people are crazy uh, uh, so you just dis dismiss each other and it's either you're you're crazy or you're just a sheep uh, who's not awake and there's no middle so as soon as you say something critical of a conspiracy theory you're immediately in the sheep camp and you're getting uh, paid by the you know by um the World Economic Forum or by the government. I've you know, I've been accused of being paid by so many people. I should be rich by now. Which I'm not, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, people have accused me of being paid by Bill Gates, and I'm always like, if Bill, if if rich ass Bill Gates is cutting me checks, then why is my apartment so crappy? Right? Like, yeah. if, if, if he's if his checks are not clearing, they got lost in the mail. If they if if he's meant to be sending them, they have not reached me. Yeah, they haven't reached me either. <laughs> I would not be living here if I was being paid by Bill Gates and the government and the World Economic Forum. TikTok as a platform is kind of tailor-made for war footage. As Chris Stokel-Walker writes in a piece for Wired, prior research has shown that fake news travels six times faster than legitimate information on social media, in part because of its ability to trigger a strong emotional response. TikTok's design which throws users headlong into an immersive, endless stream of snappy content, is designed to monopolize attention. TikTok's sound feature, whereby users can easily add sounds from an existing library to their videos, was a big part of the platform back when it was called ByteDance, and it was mostly used to showcase teenagers doing cute dances. But now, users can use this feature to easily add existing war sounds to videos purporting to be from Ukraine to make them appear more authentic. Researcher and friend of the show, Abby Richards, found that audio of gunfire from a viral video filmed before the invasion ever even began was used in over 1,700 videos before TikTok removed it. Users were adding the gunfire audio to their own videos to make them seem as though they were taken during the invasion. TikTok has a lot of raw footage, 
which gives the impression that you're actually watching something live as it unfolds. But it also makes it prime for exploitation because there isn't really a lot of verification happening, which has led to users looping videos or using old videos, claiming their live feeds from Ukraine, asking viewers for donations to support. It's pretty despicable. On TikTok, when you do live streams, a lot of live streams are monetized. What do you make of the fact that a couple of the live streams purporting to be from Ukraine, but are not from Ukraine, are also, one, getting lots and lots of viewers, but two, getting money. They're basically able to use TikTok as a platform to profit materially from lies about an active invasion. Yeah. Uh, well, my faith in humanity is, you know, it's it's still there, but it, it's getting a little damaged, especially when you see that during a war, even then people are still profiting off of it by spreading, you know, fake videos, which is what they're doing with the live streams, especially uh, in the first days after the war started, there were people going live and, you know, I saw live streams with hundreds of thousands of viewers and all these people being so compassionate in the comments and saying, oh, we love you, we support you and uh, we hope you're doing well and sending so, so, so many gifts because on TikTok you can send gifts to people who are live. Uh, and I checked one of these lives to see how many gifts they had received in that one live. Uh, and it was like a couple thousand dollars, I think. But if you do that for a couple days and you do multiple live streams, you can get a lot of money. <laughs> and there was also people, you know, uh, getting donation links in their in their bio. So it's not even through TikTok. It's just on other platforms. And they're just, you know, profiting off the situation. That's something I always go back to is this idea that so many disinformers and bad actors, it's just a grift. It's just a scam. Like, there are people out there who are interested in, you know, actively misleading people for nefarious, you know, means. But then there are also people who are doing it just because they want money. And it's a grift. It's, a, it's, you know, just like any other scam. And I think why that is so, but there are so many reasons I find that so loathsome. But one of them is that for every dollar that is being spent, to, given to someone who is purporting to be live streaming from Ukraine and they're really not, that's money that could go to somebody who actually needs it, who is actually impacted. That's money and attention, right? Because like your attention has worth. And so I feel like it is, again, it, it makes it so that the, the conversation and the attention and the financial benefit is just not going where it needs to be. It's just like what's happening with these conspiracy theories leading away from actual problems and, you know, making it more difficult to talk about that. Uh, the same thing is happening with this money going to people that aren't using it and where the money could be going to actually help people in Ukraine or, you know, do good things. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it's just getting real people's compassion and real people's, uh, um, you know, wanting to help but abusing it. In this time where it feels very tense and scary and a lot of people probably feel very powerless, myself included, do you have any tips where for, for anyone listening who wants to stay informed, wants to be using their social media to inform themselves and others, any tips to avoid spreading inaccurate information, either in general or particularly when it comes to the invasion in Ukraine? I've been asked a bunch of times these days uh, if I have tips for checking stuff yourself. But I also want to say that, you know, you can't check everything. Uh, there's there's a reason that are, there are experts and there are journalists and, uh, you know, maybe you're working and you already have like a ton of things on your mind. You can't check every single thing that comes on your For You page or uh, on other social media platforms. So I don't think you can expect that of people. But um of course, you can check stuff when you have uh, the energy to do it. Um, it begins with you know knowing your own biases, knowing uh, how um, misinformation uh, uses your emotions to manipulate manipulate you, so that you know you're aware that when a video is really scary or uh, makes you really angry or maybe confirms some beliefs you have about a situation. Maybe you're really pro-Russian, maybe you're really pro-Ukraine. Uh, so when something fits really neatly into that uh, story, 
you should be aware that it might be um, a fake and you, you need to check twice. And also just, um, you know, not sharing everything immediately, what you said is, is really important. And just uh, s taking a second, uh, looking at it again, thinking about how you feel and checking sources, seeing if you can find other people who've shared the same uh, video or um, if the account that's posted it is uh, even um, the real person that shared the footage or if they're just resharing. Because if it's just someone resharing stuff, you should always be uh, yeah, on high alert. Um, so that's the first thing. And also, um, I would just recommend also following a bunch of people you actually trust. Uh, fact checkers, uh, people who uh, maybe are there, are on the scene. If you want to know, if you really want to know about what's happening there, uh, I wouldn't follow random people on TikTok, but I would just, you know, try and find people who are in Ukraine, who are Ukrainian themselves. Uh, who can give you information so you know uh, it's true. That's great. That's really useful. I know for myself, um, some of the videos coming out about the treatment of Black folks in Ukraine, I was very aware of my own pressure points and tension points in myself personally. And so I really had to be like, obviously, this is, a, this is material that is highly emotionally resonant to me. And so... It's that what you just said, like that is so easily poked at and manipulated. And so I really had to have an extra level of like aware, like internal awareness of my own trigger points and my own tension points while navigating, you know, social media and, and deciding what I wanted to share or amplify. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen this, this story also being shared a lot on, on, uh, on Instagram, uh, in my own uh, friend groups, uh, because yeah, it's a pressure point for a lot of people. Uh, it's 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 you know it should be a pressure point for a lot of people, and it doesn't mean that it's not true. Obviously, what you just said, it, it there can be really horrible stuff happening, but yeah, people are taking advantage of that. It, it, it's it's, but it doesn't seem like that is registering as misinformation or yeah, it's not misinformation, but you know, that there are other ways than just sharing fake videos. It's not just fake videos. You can use real videos uh, to you know, advance your agenda. Uh, and that's something that people, I don't think really notice as much if, when it's on their own sides. My own biases lean more towards thinking that most misinformation is really right-wing for some reason. I don't know why I think that, but I, I just, those were my prejudices as that I thought, you know, uh, misinformation is trying to get people to, you know, be anti-immigration and all that stuff. And uh, I don't consider myself right wing. But I've noticed like some videos on TikTok uh, where it's Russian accounts that are posting these like left wing liberal uh, things with other stuff that's true, you know, a criticism of wars that uh, have also happened or conflicts that have also happened where... Um, they haven't gotten as much attention as this has get has gotten, or you know the words that reporters have been using to say, yeah, these these people are so relatable and they just like us, and um, you know, real criticism in covering these uh, these things. Um, but those things are being spread also by Russian accounts, so it's be aware of that. It's not new what's happening now. It's not something that you know it's get. I'm really happy that this has brought more attention to TikTok and the the stuff that's being spread there and how fast it's being spread and how easily it's being spread. Um, but this is getting attention because people think it's important. But there's lots of other misinformation that's being spread that's you know not seen as important enough to fact check, apparently, because I can see uh, even in mainstream media, there's a lot of uh, misinformation about trans people. Uh, which, you know, has not gotten nearly as much attention as other topics when it comes to fact-checking. There's this, like, panic about, oh, my God, there's so much misinformation on social media. Uh, but it's always, you know, certain topics that are getting fact-checked and others that are not getting the same amount of information. So fact-checking is not something that's neutral, uh, which, I you know, some people don't realize, maybe. Uh, because you, you you choose what kind of things you fact check, and I think there, yeah, I think other <laughs> topics on TikTok are getting spread 
with just as much misinformation and maybe just as much uh, harm that's being done. So I I hope that this uh, event and the amount of attention that it's getting now that uh, there's so much misinformation on TikTok is also going to lead to more uh, research and more attention on the other forms of misinformation that are being spread there. Yeah, I'm so glad you added that. When we were talking about Rogan, it was so interesting to me that it was the, I mean, obviously it deserves a lot of attention, but the COVID misinformation, everyone was like, agreed, no, no good. But the misinformation about trans people, you know, that is also medical misinformation. That is also a public health issue. And that it's so interesting that mainstream people traffic in, in that kind of misinformation, you know, elected officials traffic in medical misinformation about trans people and it somehow we don't clock it the same way and we should be questioning why that is and be and sit with that you know sit with that reality yeah yeah got a story about an interesting thing in tech or just want to say hi you can reach us at hello at tangodi.com you can also find transcripts for today's episode at tangodi.com there are no girls on the internet was created by me bridget todd it's a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. Jonathan Strickland is our executive producer. Tari Harrison is our producer and sound engineer. Michael Amato is our contributing producer. I'm your host, Bridget Todd. If you want to help us grow, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin skin, and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and you can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discovery.com slash credit card.